0: Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. Thanks for joining me again on another glorious day that the Lord has made as we look at His Word. And today we're going to be back in Deuteronomy 24, starting in verse 6 as I try to encourage us to be reading more and more of God's Word. And I don't know how far I'm going to get because as I prep for this a couple days ago, I had one idea, and then when I was preparing again tonight to do this, I thought, oh, I might I might not do all the verses I thought I was going to do. So I was going to try and do 16 through 6, rather, chapter 24, verses 6 through 15. I don't know if I'll get that far. Let's see how we do. So we'll just dive in here to Deuteronomy, chapter 24, starting in verse 6. No one shall take a mill or any upper millstone and pledge for that would be taking a life and pledge. all right so let me stop right there and talk about that So the millstone this would be a way they would grind food or and this would be the only way they would actually be able to make money so if they've borrowed money because they're so poor that would be the biggest reason someone would borrow money is because they are for whatever reason poverty struck and so God is instructing the people here, look, if they have to borrow money just to survive, then don't take uh away their ability to make the money. So a millstone is not a proper pledge. As a matter of fact, just lend them the money and call it, call today. It and so he's just putting the value of the poor above the value of the man with resources. To be able to get wealthier. That's never God's intent, is to. His intent is for us never to use the poor to get rich. <clears throat> However, that is how a lot of people get rich, isn't it? Alright, so then, verse 7. So, so again, verse 6, very practical. If you do have to lend somebody money, don't hold in pledge that which is needed for them to m- make the money back. Or, Even just to feed their family, as the case may have been in this. So, verse 7, if a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die. You shall purge the evil from your midst. So, again, another very practical thing. And when he says brother here, he's not meaning a little brother. But all the children of Israel are God's children. Therefore, they are brothers and sisters, right? But here, the principle is that we, we don't kidnap. Kidnapping is a very bad thing to do. And if we kidnap and and then enslave those people or sell them, that that is the same as taking a life. And therefore, that person who commits that kind of crime should be executed. So life is very valuable, except not the life of the kidnapper or the murderer. But is to... Wipe out. Why do we do this? To purge the evil. And it is a great deterrent. Uh, when people see that there isn't high price to pay. Should you get caught doing those kind of things. My right, Verse 8. Take care in a case of leprous disease. So leprosy. Right? To be very careful to do according to all that the Levitical priests shall direct you. As I command them. So you shall be careful to do. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the way as you came out of Egypt so <clears throat> again very specific directions on um, when you are confronted with something so in this case an actual disease and it may or may not have to do with sin for Miriam it did and the assumption here I think for the Israelites then was it would have been a sign of sin Uh, but the priest had very specific things and it was a lot of cleansing things that we know today are pretty practical for dealing with it. But again, it's trusting God to, to purge the evil from the mist, really. All right, so let's, let's keep going on. I think we're doing okay time-wise. So we'll do a few more verses. Here's verse 10. When you make your neighbor alone of any sort, you shall not go into his house to collect his pledge. You shall stand outside and the man to whom you make the loan shall bring the pledge out to you. And if he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in his pledge. You shall restore to him the pledge as the sun sets that he may sleep in his cloak and bless you. And it shall be righteousness for you before the Lord your God. So here God is. Is showing the people of Israel, that look, the poor are going to be among you. And how you treat them really, really matters. So a poor man owes you some money. You don't go into his house and and demand it, embarrass him in front of his family. You don't go and take his coat from him so he doesn't even have a way of staying warm, or cloak as they put it, cloak for staying warm at night. Be righteous, be gentle. Is uh, maybe another way to look at it. And if you can restore him. Before the sun sets. Great. But if not. Don't. Don't do all these things. That just embarrass him. It should be righteousness. Before the Lord. So we are. So it matters how we treat the poor. I think the poor are a test. Uh, God's children. How we treat the poor. Is simply a test. So verse 14 says. You shall not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy whether he is one of your brothers or one of the sojourners who are in your land within your towns you shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets for he is poor and counts on it lest lest he cry against you to the lord and you be guilty of sin so we'll stop there but again dealing with the practicality of how we treat the poor and and so in these few verses showing the the value of marriage and the value of women the value of, of the poor people matter and how we treat them really really matters to god and so we should take heed of that so even today think about maybe there's somebody you know that has a need or maybe you, you don't know someone who's legitimately poor i, I mean someone who Needs a bigger TV screen. I'm not talking about that but it has a legitimate need they had some medical bills and need some help with that or they really are struggling to make ends meet because of some circumstances maybe out of their control maybe somewhat in their control but often people who are poor but willing to work often it's they just have not always made the best choices. And maybe they haven't listened to, right, to the right advice. Uh, whatever it might be, if you have the opportunity to be gracious to them and help them. And not in a way that causes them to think they don't need to work or they don't need to pay attention to these things. But you might be, find a way to bless them. And I know that in there's been times when we've really just been trusting the Lord literally for our next meal. And it wasn't because... We were not working, we were very much working, but working for the Lord and God provided. And I think for those who are well off, or doing well and have good resources and are resourceful, that their ability to help the poor is pretty high, and how they treat the poor matters. So I know some people that are very uh, generous. They... They've always been generous. When they had little, they were generous, and now they have a lot, and they're generous. So I think we're called to be a generous people even when we have very little, and we see that throughout Scripture. Even when the widow gives the widow's might to the Lord, how Jesus speaks of her compared to the others who are giving out of their abundance and kind of giving it with a haughty heart. So let's have a gentle spirit. And as we praise the Lord, be open to who he might show us is in need right there in front of us. So God bless you. Have your eyes wide open today as you praise the Lord and move on. So God bless you. and We'll talk to you soon. Now I got to get to the right page to, uh, to pause this recording. So I apologize for that. So we'll go backwards here. Well, I'll use, you know, three, two, one. So one, two, three, push note project out.